Take your Bibles, please, and turn to Psalm 85, verse 11. will not be long, but I think that there's a great truth here that we need to get a hold of, something that I learned from a conversation that I had with Dr. Hiles in Wyoming. And at a time when he was going through a, a Psalm 85, 11, he was going through a battle, I mean, a battle royal. And I remember sitting there and talking to him, and, and man, he's my preacher, and uh, I was hurting. I was hurting for him. And uh, I said to him, I, I said, how in the world are you going to handle this? And I mean a vicious attack, lies, just vicious attack. And he looked at me and he said, I'm going to start 85 bus routes. And I sat there for a minute, scratched my head. I said, that's good. I said, but how are you going to answer this, this attack on you? And he said, son, I'm going to start 85 bus routes. I thought he's getting deaf, couldn't hear. And I said, Brother Howes, that's good. I, I like 85 bus routes, that's good. But how are you going to answer this criticism? And he said, son, are you deaf? He said, I know you're dumb, but are you deaf? And I said, no, sir. He said, I'm going to start 85 bus routes. Not just 85 bus routes, but I'm going to start them in the middle class and upper class neighborhoods. He said, the devil fools with me, and I'll attack the very gates of hell. And I'm going to prove that the Holy Ghost of God is still working through this old man. And he did. Hobart, Indiana, in that area, he started 85 bus routes. Now, you've heard of Pentecost Sundays. That's, that, that's what started the Pentecost Sundays. And God breathed in a powerful way. The thing that I love about Dr. Neal is that he's still going. And I want to keep going. And you, this is a blessing to me to see you young men excited about the cause of Christ. And you got your face set like a flint. And I can't tell you what that means to me. And, and these older men who've been around, I've been at this thing 46 years. I'm not as old as Brother Neil. He'd been at 51 years. Of course, he was 12 when he got started. But I, uh, I want you to listen carefully tonight. Because Brother Hiles opened his Bible. It was at breakfast. And he said, I'm going to read a verse to you. And he read it to me. I did not know that I was going to go through some battles myself. I had no idea. I was worried about him. The next thing I know, I was battling for my life. And I've turned to this verse I don't know how many times. And it's, it, it, it salvaged my ministry. and salvaged my momentum. Psalm 85, verse 11. I want you to stand. Let's stand and stretch just for a moment here. And again, we'll not be long tonight. Psalm 85, verse 11. The Bible says, truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. To finish strong is to finish right. Yes, sir. 
You may start out like a house of fire, but I wouldn't give you two cents for you if you don't finish. You young men tonight pay the price. I can still hear John Rice saying, you don't get this in a bargain basement. And he's right. So I'm going to talk to you tonight. It may turn into a sermon. I'm not sure. But how to keep on going. Because that's my heart's desire for you. To keep on going. I love you preaching, Brother Cooper. I love it. I love it. But keep on going. I like you young men tonight. The zeal and the fire you got. But in God's dear name, keep on going. You'll be tempted, you'll be tested, but you'll come out stronger if you'll obey Scripture like this. Father, help me now to help my eyesight's dim, my body's weak. The message is still true and still right. And tonight, help this frail preacher to help these men and these women to see a great truth from the Scripture. Talk to us, please. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. You may be seated. In 1963, I went to Michigan State University. I was a part of the American Baptist denomination. And I went off to play football at Michigan State University. I came from a little town, a conservative town in Michigan of 800 to 900 people in that town. The superintendent of our public schools was saved and taught us the Bible was the Word of God. Our science teacher taught us that the Bible was the Word of God. My mama taught me that the Bible was the Word of God. My daddy taught me that the Bible was the Word of God. So my introduction to higher education was an auditorium with a thousand students in it. More people in that auditorium than I had in my hometown. And this big old professor came out, joked a little bit, and then he said, uh, I don't know why he asked it, I have no idea. But he said, anybody here believe the Bible to be the Word of God? I mean, right out of the chute just like that. And I was sitting there saying to myself, I can't believe this. Man, this is great. If this is higher education, this is great. And I shot my, I sit right in the front row, I shot my hand up like that. And he looked at me and said, what's your name, son? I told him. He said, well, when you get through with me, you won't believe the Bible to be the Word of God. Now, that was my introduction to higher education. He said, there are no absolutes. Everything is relative. And I'm here to tell you tonight that that's the biggest lie that's ever been told to our young people. Somebody say Amen. So take a look at our scripture tonight, and I think we'll find a recipe and a formula that I learned from Brother Hiles that helped me. He used it, helped him, and it'll help you. Circle the first word, truth. The word truth there is something that's absolute. It's not something that's relative. Jesus is truth. He is the truth, and the English word the is an article, which means there's only one truth. He's the truth. Now, underneath this umbrella of our Savior are truths. But they're all birthed by our Savior and our God. There's a truth about your marriage. There's a truth about child rearing. There's a truth about your finances. There's a truth about your ministry. 
and even about your vocation. So as you read the scripture and you see the word truth, that, that means something that's absolute. So whatever God is talking about here is something that's absolute. This is absolutely a pulpit of wood. This is absolutely a microphone. And this is absolutely the Word of God. And you can't do a thing till you get that settled. Truth, that which is absolute. Now, the world will try, and this newfangled mess some of you are listening to and paying attention to, and I'm glad you came to this conference, and I'm really thrilled that the pastor's teaching these lessons in the morning because many of you are being duped by young men who believe truth is relative, and they don't believe it's absolute. Now, that's why it's important for you to understand the battles you're going through, you better find out what truth is. If truth is that which is absolute, Jesus is absolutely the only begotten Son of God. The blood of Jesus Christ absolutely will cleanse you of all your sin. And you must be born again or you'll not even see the kingdom of God. Now, my question tonight is, you know truth, but has truth gotten a hold of you yet? See, there's a difference when you have a knowledge of truth tonight, that which is absolute, and you being bit by it, which gives you that it factor that he preached about. Now, tonight you understand something. When you let that truth get a hold of you, you're going to be addicted. And when you get addicted to truth, you can't help it. You've got to give the gospel to everybody you meet. When soul winning gets a hold of you, like Brother Domley preached about, when it gets a hold of you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You'll, you'll give everybody the gospel. I'm going to get on a plane Saturday morning fly to another meeting. When I get on that plane, that guy's sitting next to me. If he don't be witness to, he shouldn't be sitting there. <laughs> Somebody say amen. That's not my fault. That's his fault. Let him get another travel agent. Uh, but truth, that which is absolute. For example... You know the bus ministry works, but why aren't you working it? You know it's a truth, but hadn't got a hold of you yet. The first time I heard about the bus ministry, it was Jim Vineyard. I went to Matawan, Michigan Faith Baptist Church and heard Jim Vineyard for three hours on the bus ministry. I sat on the front row. He used me for three hours. He abused me for three hours and brought me to the platform. And by the time he got done that night, I bought every book he had. I bought every tape he had. I got my hands on everything. I quizzed him for 30 minutes after the service. I'd never heard of such a thing. I was in the American Baptist denomination, deader than a doornail. And so I went home. I, my wife, we listened to every tape. We read every book. And my wife said, what are we going to do with this? It got a hold of her. It got a hold of me. So I went down, borrowed $1,000 and bought a bus. American Baptist didn't know what to do with us. That's why I'm, I'm, a, I'm an independent Baptist, not by conviction, but eviction. <laughs> Buddy, they drop kicked me right out of the American Baptist denomination. And then I found out later you get kicked out of the independent Baptist. But anyway, truth, that which is absolute, that which is truth. Now, why aren't you running buses? Why aren't you walking the aisle, preacher, with a soul by your side every Sunday morning why aren't you getting converts baptized? Well, you know the truth. You come to a conference like this, you hear the truth. But truth hadn't got a hold of you yet. 
I mean, when you start walking around at midnight crying and begging God, oh God, you've got to help me. You've got to help me. I've got to have your help. And you beg God and that truth gets a hold of you. You can't help it. You've got to do something. I've got ants in my pants. I can't help it. I'm, I'm, I'm energized. I've got to do something for God. And I'm not about to turn back and go back to that old dead mess I left a long time ago. Somebody say amen. Truth, that which is absolute. Has separation got a hold of you yet? Has it gotten a hold of you yet? I had one of our graduates call me uh, from West Virginia. And he said, uh, man, I get your tapes. He said, boy, you're rough. Man, you're rough. I want to preach that way, but I'm scared to preach that way. Help me. I said, I'd be glad to. Here's what I do. I preach to keep my wife right and keep my children right. And the rest of them can listen in. Well, somebody say amen. Some of you would preach hard, but your wife won't let you. Somewhere in here, if a truth gets a hold of you, listen, you that old school, that old John Rawlins, that old, that old uh, Lester Roloff, that old type of preaching, that type of preaching where they just preached it and said, this is it, this is truth, this is absolute, this is the way it ought to be. Well, the Cox and I get together and we tell John Rawlins stories back and forth. We tell the same stories every time we meet and laugh just as much as we did. <laughs> You'll be there, Brother Cooper, for long. Uh, <laughs> the problem is you, you keep talking to yourself. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, truth, that which is absolute. Now look at the next word, circle it. Shall. Where there's truth, something's going to happen. When Jack House went to Hammond, Indiana, something had to happen. When Lester Roloff had his homes, something had to happen. When John Rice got the sword of the Lord, something had to happen. It had to happen. And all it is, knowing truth is one thing. Being absorbed by truth is another. Being bit by it, like what he talked about, is another thing. And some of you know the truth, can write it down, list the truths, but you're not bit by any of it. But if you realize everybody you're talking to is going to hell, heaven or hell, heaven or hell, then I promise you, you'll open your mouth and quit talking about football so much and start talking about the Lord. Don't get me wrong, I love football. I wish we had a team in Texas. <laughs> We'd had one. If we could just get those boys out of jail, we might win one or two, you know. <laughs> there will be a marriage supper of the Lamb, and after that, there will be a, a Super Bowl. Who wants to eat and then not watch football? But the Cowboys won't be there. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Jacksonville, ain't even, but never mind. Uh, truth, that which is absolute, for sure. List the truths. You know the fundamentals. You're not uh, a novice. You've been around. You've heard the preaching. And you know what they are, but hadn't got you yet. That's why some of you wives, uh, these preachers are hurting your, you're hurting your man. You're not dressing right. You're not walking right. You're not talking right. It hadn't got a hold of you yet. And I'm saying to you tonight that you represent the Lord Jesus Christ and you represent truth tonight. And truth has got to get a hold of you. I mean, down deep inside, it's got to get a hold of you. Or you'll never do anything. Jack Hiles was on fire for God. Lester Roloff on fire for God. John Rice on fire for God. <laughs> you love John Rice because he's dead. 
<laughs> John, John Wright, was, listen, he was rough, boy. My wife and I had traveled 200, 300 miles here, John Rice and Jack Hiles. Loved it. Went to Pekin, Illinois one time, and a guy got up and preached how the church started on the day of Pentecost. John Rice got up after the guy sat down right next to me, and John Rice got up and he took his glasses off and said, Well, that's a mighty fine speech. He said, Too bad it's not in the Bible. <laughs> he said, I suggest you say as much about the church started on the day of Pentecost as God did, and that's nothing. <laughs> You've heard this story, but my wife and I were sitting on the second row when it happened in Rochester, Michigan. When a girl got up and sang a special, back in the days when the Beatles invaded America, nobody knew what to do with the Beatles. You squished Beatles. <laughs> and that's when the gals started wearing the miniskirts up there. You know why you got fat thighs? Because you're supposed to wear a long skirt. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where it comes from. It just flies through. I don't know. <laughs> the thing I don't understand about you women putting on these yoga pants <laughs> and skinny jeans, you ain't skinny. <laughs> you have to lay on the bed, suck your gut in or to pop the, the, the pants shut. Then you go walking. <laughs> Say, honey, open the door. I'm going to go shopping. <laughs> You get downtown, breathe, you'll kill 13 people with that button pops. <laughs> Somebody get a video camera, your rear end, you look like a pair of hogs in a sack fighting. That's what you look like. <laughs> Truth, that which is absolute modest apparel is still in the Word of God. Pay the price. The rest of us did. Still do. Still cost us. But stand for something. I'll tell you one thing, if you'd love your people like you ought to love them, you could preach as hard as you want to preach. Truth, truth shall, look at the next word, spring. That's an action word. I, uh, the bus ministry, oh, listen, Jim Vineyard, God bless Jim Vineyard. I, I wouldn't have had him work for me, but I love Jim Vineyard. That's the roughest man I ever, Green Beret, buddy. I preached with him at Jerry White House in North Carolina one time. He come out in that Green Beret outfit. In fact, I think you were at that meeting. He, he, in the middle of his sermon, he pulled a knife out of his back and flung it like that and stuck it right in the, in the pulpit. And I was sitting on the front row. I died. <laughs> Lord, two inches and I'm gone. <laughs> but oh my goodness, when I went to Longview Baptist Temple for one year, I divided our city up into 14 sections. I got a man, his wife, and family, and I said, this is your bus route. Use your car for one year. I divided that city up in 14 sections, and, and I mean, that was their section. That was their section. When the year was over, I bought 15 buses, painted them all, lettered them all, and gave them a, a bus driver, and then we started 14 routes in one day. One year preparation. I bit by it. We had 42 routes when I retired, and, and I'm telling you, I'm bit by it. I'm still bit by it, and it still can be done. But has that truth gotten hold of you yet? You don't drive through your city, and I know somebody said, well, boy, you got to be careful because all we'll do is bring in a bunch of blacks. You know, I could, I'll come back and slack a whole bunch of you in Jesus' name. <laughs> You'll send missionaries to Africa and won't walk across the street and lead a black man to Christ. You sorry thing. 
I said you sorry thing. God help us. Truth. That's the difference between the old timers, the old school. Truth got a home. And it didn't much care what anybody thought about it. This is truth. Shall spring when it does to be active. Started out, we baptized one, two a week. It's exciting. Then it got up to five a week, then 10 a week, then 20 a week, then 30 a week. And five years in a row, we baptized 200 a week. Thank you. Amen. In the crowd, I, I thought I heard it. <laughs> Why? I, I was obsessed. Addicted. We had to do it. We had one bus ride, went 129 miles one way. God bless those workers. I mean, they wouldn't get in bed till 3 o'clock on Monday morning. But they did it every week of the world because they caught the fire and truth absorbed them. Has truth gotten a hold of you yet? You know, your preaching might pick up a little bit if you believe something. It might. Truth shall spring. I'm heading somewhere, so don't leave me. Then the prepositional phrase, out of the earth. Now, that shocks me. That shocks me. Because I would think the truth would come from heaven. But that's not what it says. Truth, that which is absolute. Listen, list your fundamentals tonight. List the fundamentals of the faith tonight. And I'm not talking about evangelical fundamentals. I'm talking independent, fundamental, premillennial, temperamental, hell, fire, damnation, Baptist, King James only. I'm saying list it. And then see and test yourself. Are you really bit by those truths that are on that list? If you are, you'll set yourself on fire and people come watch you burn. Truth, that which is absolute, shall for sure, it has to happen. Shall what? Spring from where? Out of the earth. There's going to be some soul winning come up out of Jacksonville, Florida. With or without you. In your town, there's going to be soul winning. It's going to come up out of the earth with or without you. Somewhere in your town, there's going to be some, somebody who's going to believe the King James Bible is preserved inspiration. No mistakes in that book. Somebody in your town is going to believe it. And that truth is going to come up out of the earth. I say to you tonight, I'd rather it be me. I'd rather be the one. I want to reach my city. I, you ought to feel that way about your city. You ought to say to yourself, I've got to do something. I've got to. I'll die if I don't get it done. Truth, that which is absolute, shall, when you get to hold it, something's got to happen. You ladies will start dressing different. I'm getting sick and tired of seeing a leg show in a fundamental Baptist church. I'm sick and tired of seeing bosoms uh, uh, uncovered in a fundamental Baptist I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. And I'm sick of you little wimpy uh, youth directors trying to c cater the teenage. No, take them soul winning. Preach a devil out of them. That's what they need. Truth shall spring out of the earth. Now watch it, what it says, and righteousness. Now circle the word righteousness. There's two types of righteousness in the Bible. There is temporal righteousness and eternal righteousness. When I got saved at age 11, that was an eternal righteous act of God. I did not save myself. Jesus saved my soul. 
It was his blood that wasn't shed that did it. It was the applied blood that was shed that did it. So I got saved. That's the work of God. So when I look in the scripture, then I say to myself, which is it? Is it temporal works? You know, helping little old ladies across the streets is not a bad idea. I, I, helping little old men across the streets is not a bad idea. <laughs> uh, but uh, I just thought of a joke and I can't tell it. Uh, <laughs> righteousness. Those temporal righteous. I, my wife, we come back from a trip when she could travel. She can't travel anymore. But she come back and she said to me, she said, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to be a part of the human race. I said, why, why do you say that? He, she said, these ladies took this half off sale seriously. <laughs> Somebody say amen. Truth shall spring out of the earth. And where it comes up, God said, I've got righteousness that shall look down from heaven. What's God saying? God's saying when that truth comes up out of the earth, wherever it might be, I've got a righteous act from heaven that's going to come down and meet that truth. And that's where the power comes in. And that's where the work gets done. And that's God moving in on what you're doing. And that's God moving in on the Sunday school. And that's God moving in on the bus ministry. And that's God moving in in your preaching. Why? Because you've got truth coming up out of the earth. I, I, I don't, I've never liked sitting on the bench. I played football. I want to play. I want to play. I don't want to sit. He was a linebacker. I hate linebackers. I was a lineman. Those linebackers, they get back there and tap you, move over here, move over there, and they make the tackle and get all the glory. But uh, I'm still mad at you. Uh, now, somewhere in here, you've got to understand, God is saying, wherever that truth springs out of the earth, I've got a righteous act that will come down and meet that truth. Don't back up on the truth. Or you'll lose your power. What was Bill Howell saying? He said, I'm not going toe-to-toe with a jerk. Isn't it Proverbs chapter 26 says, answer not a fool, and then it says answer a fool. If you don't know your Bible, you get yourself messed up there. What's he saying? Don't answer him with words. Answer him with works. What was Brother Howe saying? I'm going to start an 85 bus Attack me, and I'll start an 86 bus route, 87 bus route, 90 bus route. See, you, you get yourself in financial trouble, and the first thing you do is cut back on your giving. You are so dumb. You must be from Kentucky. Well, that didn't go very well. <laughs> now, the truth of the matter is, if, when you, if Satan attacks you financially, you ought to say, you fool me, and I'll put another five bucks in the plate. You answer with truth. Remember Elisha and Dothan? Remember when that, they found out that that Baptist preacher was telling off on where the enemy was coming? And so they sent that enemy down there at Dothan, and they completely surrounded that city. And that servant went out to get a USA Today paper and a cup of coffee. Remember that? Didn't happen. And... Uh, he, he went out. He saw that army scared the fire out of him. He come back in and said, preacher, we got trouble. And the preacher said, what do you mean? He said, there's a whole army up there. Surrounded. We're, we're done. We're, our goose is cooked. And the man of God, I, I imagine he snickered, probably laughed a little bit. And he said, son, you, we're okay. But you haven't seen what I've seen. And the old man of God said, but you haven't seen what I've seen. God opened his eyes. And God opened his eyes and saw that heavenly host that completely surrounded that little physical army. Somebody say amen. You and I have a power in heaven that's waiting to connect with truth. 
truth. Absolute. Yeah, it's going to happen. If the soul went in bug bites you, you'll even witness your mother-in-law. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love my wife's mother-in-law. <laughs> you know, as dumb as you look. Truth, that which is absolute. When it gets you, shall. Something will happen. Spring. See, that's why you, you looked at, you said, well, Jack Howells, uh, he's a phenom. No, he's not. God didn't love Jack Howells more than he does you. God didn't love Lee Robertson more than he does you. Are you an idiot? God's not a respecter of persons. Now, God loves me more than you, but that really has... Why don't you let some truth get? You're neglecting something on that list. You get that list down. You have what the world calls a reality check. And you be honest with yourself for the first time in your cotton-picking life. And you bow before God and say, my God, I've lost my passion for X or Y or Z, whatever it is. Some of you are letting the standards slip in your church. You know, when the kids are little, yes sir, no sir, yes sir, no sir. And then they turn 13, discover they got a mouth. And you start catering to them. The worst thing in the world you could do. Buddy, every day when my kids went to bed, it was dad one, brat zero. Another shutout for dad. Oh, amen me. When they went in that bedroom, I didn't want them to say, boy, we got one up on dad today. No, you didn't either. Truth, that which is absolute, shall. Brother Hiles, I hate what they're doing to you. It's killing me. I, I want to, what can I do? What are you going to do? Well, as I tell you what I'm going to do, I'm going to start 86 bus round. That's good. I, I, I'm glad to hear that. What, how are you going to answer this? He said, son, are you listening to me? I said, I, I think I am. He said, you're dumber than you look, pal. He said, that's my answer. Then he opened the Bible. Whew. I can't tell you the number of times I've sat in my office, and you pastors know what I'm talking about, and sit there and just cry. Just cry. Won't survive this one. This is a death blow. Then all of a sudden, Psalm 85, 11, that's it. I've got to get God's attention. How do I get God's attention? By spreading truth. I don't care who you are. If you don't have passion tonight, that's your fault. That's not God's fault. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 says, quench not the spirit. John 3, 5, 6, and 7 says, the spirit's born in your spirit. And when you shut the Holy Ghost of God out, you'll have no passion. Yes, 